It's Monday. What are you waiting for? Let's go. Let's go. We're here. You're here. We're here. No one's there. Um, even uh, Gary St. Jean is here. Um, we'll get to him in just a second. Hello, fellas. Yeah. Uh, Willard and Dibs. Um, glad you're with us. We'll get back to your calls. And uh, the Joe Montana stuff is coming uh, here very, very soon. 888-957-9570. But right now, out to the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, it's none other than Gary St. Jean. And, Coach, you know this, don't you? Like, when, when bad stuff happens, people love to hear from you. You have a calming influence on everybody. You know this, don't you? Well, as Dibs would say, I got to give you a hello, fellas. And, uh, Thank you. You know, it's it's a tough time uh, because I was at Saturday's game and, you know, uh, my son Greg's coaching on Dallas. And, uh, you know, you you're we're all blessed to watch Steph Curry play basketball. Uh, you know, you're talking about Joe Montana. You're talking about Rice. We're talking about the greats in each sport. And he's going to go down as the greatest ever in basketball here in the Bay Area. And it's just a shame because I don't know about you guys. I think he was having a terrific year. He's having a fantastic year. Um, although the team is not. Saying, what, what do you see? Like when they get back to full strength, it's still the production is, is not the same, especially on the defensive end. What, what, what do you see right now? Well, you hit it on the head. It's it just consistent inconsistency. Uh, e- even this game Saturday night, they had to put all the starters back in the game against Dallas, who uh, without Lucas, like a G League. And uh, you know, I, I'm I'm bewildered. If the defensive stuff, you know, you got and he does a great job with it. And uh, you know, Wiggins is back, and he's your best perimeter defender, but. You know, you 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 just don't have every night that focus on the game plan as to what to have has to take place, and uh, then you turn the ball over and you're committing too many fouls, and you get yourself in trouble. And this league, we've got a lot of parity in the West. I mean, they they can weather this. I I really believe it because of how jammed up everybody is. But with that said. To be a, a good playoff team, which they had, I wouldn't want to play them. If you're if you're Denver or the Clippers or one of the teams up top, do you want to play the Suns or the Warriors? Uh, I don't think so. And with that said, uh, if they can get things together, um, they can make some music, and then that's got to be their mantra as we go forward here. Yeah, no doubt, and you know, get everyone healthy, and then hope to make music in April. But when it comes to weathering the storm between now and Steph's return, how do they go about doing that, Saint? Well, Dibs, it's going to be interesting at what Steve does with the lineup. Whether he's uh, how's he going to handle the point position? Now they're going to play Jerome a lot. I'm really, really pleased with Dante Divincenzo, but he's he's more of a two, so uh, it'll come on him. And uh, and I'm going to circle back to pool, and uh, he's got to play better. Um, I, I just think he chases the ball. He plays too fast. 
and uh, defensively, it, it's not the it's not really terrific on that end for him. So uh, he's the guy that I think has to step up in this situation, and I also think that Wiggins has to play like he did before the injury. He's starting to come around. I'm seeing things that, that he was doing before. Dibs, I don't know about you, but before he got hurt, I, I had him going to the All-Star game. That's how good I thought he was playing. And hopefully he can get back to playing at that level. Saying, what would you like to see the Warriors do at the trade deadline? Well, what you like to do, I mean, I sat there a lot of years. What you'd like to do and what you can do are two different things. And, you know, what what direction do they go? Well, you, you've got those those older guys, and they're not going anywhere. There, there's no doubt about it. And then you look at these young guys, and are you going to throw the cards in? Uh, say on a, on a on Weissman, I that that's a debate that they've got to be having, you know. Uh, and what could you get back if, in fact, uh, he's out there? I don't think you're going to move Kaminga. And, and another guy that's going to get it when one guy goes down, the guy who's going to get an opportunity to play and played well when uh, they had injuries early in the season was Moody. Uh, you know, he did a good job, but. You guys tell me uh, who's going to come knocking on their door for what? Uh, that that's the thing. Uh, you know, you got this huge trade yesterday, and uh, that brings a great player to the Western Conference, and that will help Dallas as long as he keeps his mouth shut and just plays basketball. Uh, but this thing, uh, it can it can come together. I know everyone's you know I'm walking around chasing people are like. No, say what do you think? And I said, hey, you just gotta hang in there. This is look, look at Luka Doncic has missed seven games. You know what Dallas's record is when he's out? Zero and seven. Yep. Okay, look at Booker. He's been out long time. Look where they are in the standings, and they still have some good players. So it's not going to be easy to weather this storm. But here's your deal: the schedule's not brutal. There's a lot of parity in the West. And you do have the nine-day all-star break, which is beautiful because that gives you days to rehab. So, uh, you know, I know I read this morning that, that Steph had uh, had this media collateral issue uh, in 2018. So, you know, he knows what it's all about. and He does a great job with his treatment, and they'll, they'll get guys on top of it. And, you know, uh, if anybody deserves to come back uh, full strength, it's Steph Curry. Yeah, we're all hoping he comes back full strength whenever he's able to come back. You mentioned the nine-day All-Star break. That's big. During that break, what would you as a coach do with Andrew Wiggins to get him to get revitalized and get him back to being the player that he was last June? Well, Gibbs, I, I read that you know he had a couple bouts with the flu. Uh, you know, he got knocked on his keister. So, uh, you know what? This young guy... Is, is really a great story because, you know, he went so high and so much was expected of him in Minnesota. And then he got comfortable playing within this system to the point where, you know, he's uh, fantastic in the playoffs last year. Uh, you don't win without him. And uh, he was playing terrific this year. I just think a little time here, and I think now with Steph out, don't you guys agree that they're going to have to go to him more? Uh, the action that they like to run, which they ran the other night, say you take the ball to the left side, free throw line extended. There'll be a small, say it's say it's Stafford Jerome on the on the left box, and what and he and Wiggins is on the right box, and they cross screen with a small on him, so you can't switch it. And then 
he is really good on the box. And if you can get him down there early in the game, get him some touches, see the ball go through the hoop, maybe get to the free throw line, knock a couple down, then he's going to feel terrific about his game, and then we're going to see him start making threes like he was. At, before the injury, he was shooting like 40% from threes. Say we agree with you. We were just having the same conversation about uh, the the frustration of of trying to watch Wiggins get back to where he was. Gary St. Jean with us, Willard and Dibs, ninety five seven. The game, Coach. You also you mentioned some things about Jordan Poole, which I think I like. I could feel listeners nodding while you were saying it. It's interesting. We all see the talent. We know about the contract that he got. It's been an interesting story. Now we're seeing more of Jordan Poole, and and. There's all those great moments, but, man, it is it is a little too fast, and it is too many turnovers, and it is wobbly decision-making sometimes. W- what do you think? A- 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 any buyer's remorse? Well, I, I wouldn't go there yet, but, uh, you know, I, I, I sense the, the frustration from a lot of people, and I, I think it's... Uh, it's okay to feel that way. I, I, I don't think it's a lack of effort. I think he's a good guy. He's trying. Uh, but now he's going to have the ball a lot in his hands, and, and it's about decision-making. I mean, I, I sat there and watched. When you watch Clay and Steph and Draymond, they're like making sweet music out there. They just know <laughs> two counts ahead of time what's going to happen. In front of their bench, uh, a ball came out to Draymond, and, and uh, Steph cut right behind him and knocked down a three, and I said, there's nobody else in the league that can do that. So... He's getting, Poole is getting an opportunity uh, to play with these just fantastic players. They're Hall of Famers. And he's taken some things from them, but now he has to have carryover on the floor. And you don't have to go 99 miles an hour. You've got to change your gears and stay in control and take care of the ball and create opportunities for others. He, he can get by people uh, and, and get to, to the paint. Then it's you know, you draw big and you make the little shuffle pass to, to the, the guy, the big he was guarding for a dunk. You pitch it out because the defense contracted. You pitch it to the corner for a three. Or do you finish yourself? And, you know, sometimes his shot selection on the three, uh, to me, leaves a little bit to be desired. And, and no better example than when Steph got thrown out, throwing his uh, mouthpiece. Um, so that, that, and I'm sure they're watching film with him and they're talking to him about it, but. This, he's the guy that you're going to watch here over the next few weeks uh, and, and really uh, say, hey, it's your time now. Let's go. Yeah, and paid to be the future of the franchise. Another guy who's supposed to be the future, James Wiseman. Saint, he's only played 2% of the minutes yeah. for Golden State this year. What do you make of James Wiseman and whether or not he fits with the way they like to play here in Golden State? You know, I was an optimist and thought he could be a little bit like eight down in Phoenix. Uh, and what are they asking him to do? Run the floor. Uh, we call it rim run. You run from rim to rim in, in early offense, and you're a target there. He can do that very well. He can run the high pick and roll and roll to the basket. Uh, where I'm I'm a little perplexed would be the word. He, You know how you look at an athlete and you say, gosh, this guy's got speed, he's got quickness, he can jump. But you you got to have instincts for the game, and and maybe you can put a little of that on pool too. Um, for example, there's dribble penetration, and he's weak side. He's not coming with quickness to block the shot. 
he sees it. It takes two counts to react, and then he comes over. Or there's a ball up on the glass, and he doesn't have to be a position rebounder. He can be a guy who pursues the ball because he jumps so well. Well, those are the key things, whether it's shot blocking, shot contestment, or rebounding. Those are the big things that will get him on the floor. And then he gets touches and, you know, when guys penetrate and he finishes with a dunk. But that's the areas that that you're looking for him. And maybe now, because they're going to have to go a little bit deeper, and I think they've got three sets of back-to-backs in the, I don't know, maybe in the next 10, 15 games when Steph will be out, probably Clay doesn't play. And, you know, they're going to be cautious with, I'm going to use the word with Draymond, because they don't want that calf in the back thing to act up. So they're going to be careful with him. So maybe there'll be some minutes for him. But guys, you know this. you got to earn it. They're not going to hand it to him when you're pursuing the playoffs and a championship. And uh, that tells me that uh, he hasn't really been stellar, say, in the practices uh, when they do practice. Saint, uh, great stuff. I was actually just looking at those back-to-backs you were referencing. Uh, they are, uh, they're coming real soon here uh, later on this month. Appreciate you coming on, my friend. Hey, guys. You guys have a great day. And, and Dibs, I miss you, buddy. I miss you, too, Saintly One. You need to come in here and, uh, and, and, and bless us with your presence. <laughs> have a great day, guys. All right, there he goes, Gary St. Jean. And I want you to look me in the eye. Now, I want you to look me in the eye, Dibs. Now, you see when someone comes on and just sends all the love toward your side? Oh, yeah. I don't get triggered. Well, I don't get triggered. You get so upset when, some, when one of my friends comes on. See? Gary loves you. Gary and I go way he back. He doesn't even know who the hell I am. He no. doesn't even say what. It's everything. Dibs, 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 dibs. See? Do you feel the love? I do feel the Good. love. Yes. And I, I want you to feel the love. I should be a little bit less petty about when, and you know, I, I did use his nickname, much like you. Oh, Mona. Or moans, or whatever you call Ramona Shell. Momo, Dan. Okay, sorry. Momo. I think is moans is a little awkward. Mo- so, so hey, moans. moans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we're not doing that. That'd be the last time anyway, that you moans comes on. He's from Salam, and you call him E Dog. He's Big E. Come Big on. E and all guy the rest of it. From, yeah. And your guy, Rich Ornberger, you call him Orny. Uh, yeah. Oh, you're making me feel Orny, Rich. Yeah, that's right. And, and then, then, oh, <laughs> me so Orny. Yeah. So, so Orny. Yeah. It's okay. And all the rest of we them. We all yeah. got friends. Yeah, we do. In uh, low places. Yeah. And, uh, and Hello, some dibs. Yeah, come on. I like, miss you, Dibs. Don't you feel bad when you're talking to I love to that, man. He's yeah, the best. he's the best. Um, what'd you think of what I said earlier with regard to this year's Warriors and this year's Tampa Bay Bucks? We don't know that that's the case yet. I just, I'm getting similar vibes. Yeah. And, and think about it. The Bucks last year. Coming off of a recent championship, still good, still big name value, right? Guys who've been around that we've watched win titles for years, Brady, Gronk, and the like. And they're going to the playoffs, and here they're down 27-3 to the Rams. They rally back, boom, they're right there. Gosh, epic loss, but you're like, man, they're still right there. They're a contender. And then this year... They play in a division that had zero quarterbacks. Pretty much. There were zero good teams. No quarterbacks. Yeah. Tom Brady was literally like, I'm the only quarterback in this division. And You're they, disrespecting Ian book, book, book. Totally. In New Orleans. Yes, and I will, I, I'll take that label. <laughs> okay, all right. And the guy goes eight and nine. He goes eight and nine. Wins it. And, 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 and we said the same thing about them. Home game. That Saint just said about the Warriors. Here's going to be my new trigger phrase. 
Oh, gosh, if you're in the playoffs, I don't want to face that team. Do you want to face Steph, Clay, and Dre in the playoffs? Well, if they're giving up 118.3 points per game, yeah. I think we both took I Tampa do. Bay in that game against Dallas. We did. To that point, though. Oh, we took the over. Thanks a lot, Dallas kicker. Yeah. I don't even want to say your name out loud. Well, I had the under. <laughs> Shout out Donuts. Oh, ridiculous. Four miles to Larkspur. So ridiculous. It's a, it was a nice win for your boy, but to that point, you're right. So when we get to this Warrior playoff run, if it even happens, let's remember what happened with Tampa Bay when I was like, oh, you're going to give me the GOAT at home and points? I'm taking Tampa Bay. And they embarrassed themselves. Yeah, they Dallas did. didn't even bring a kicker, and they still couldn't stay in the game. And then whatever it was, four, five, six days later, there's Brady on a beach somewhere in Florida going, all right, that's a wrap. Like, is this what's going to happen? Are we limping into April? The Warriors, first round out. And then Draymond Green is on the Embarcadero with tears in his eyes, talking about opting out. I mean, this almost that's seems not. And that's not from the Draymond okay, play. Okay, you're probably not. I like the comp. <laughs> I like your Brady comp right. right there. I mean, it just it. There are some eerily similar feelings. What you said in the show thread, and you said it before, and I think you actually mentioned it in the changeover. So maybe it's repeat material. That now that I'm repeating it, but you don't know when it's over. Until it's over. And that's the same way with a lot of things. Like, you don't know that a certain relationship is over <laughs> until you reach that point where it's like, this is over. Yeah, or, or, oh, actually, it was over a year ago. And exactly. I'm, I'm just re I'm realizing exactly. it now. And that's yeah. kind of where I think the comp actually fits in terms of Tampa Bay and Golden State. Because now we look at Tampa Bay, and if I asked you, who's the Bucks quarterback going into 2023? I'm not sure if you no know. Idea. I don't expect you to know. I don't know if they know. Nobody knows. Right. Which, to your point, the Tampa Bay run is now over. If they start a new run, fine. I don't think that they will immediately. There are so many better teams in the NFC. But we didn't realize that it was over until you got past the point where it was over. And you look at this year, 8-9, and nine, embarrassing home playoff loss. It was over the year before, like you said, when they rallied against the Rams and fell just short. Well, here's the other thing that I feel, and I think it's not just the Warriors themselves, it's us too. They're 27 and 26, and we're all very passionate about Golden State Warrior basketball, but none of us are reacting to these losses with urgency. And there's a reason. The comp I've always used is, like, if, if I didn't eat anything between now and 2 o'clock, I would say to somebody, I'm starving. I'm starving right now. You'd be crabby, too. I'm not as starving as somebody who doesn't have a home or access to food. True. There's no way that I can match that level of desperation. Like a Sacramento Kings fan, for example. Thank you. They're That's, hungry. There is no way the Golden State Warriors, and I'm not going to hang this around their neck because we're doing it, too. We're lollygagging. They're 27 and 26, and we're like, eh, you know. Eh, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. The reason we're like that is because we just ate the ice cream. We just ate it last June. And it was the most delicious bowl we've ever had. There were four rings, two with Kevin, two without Kevin, and this one, the unexpected one, the cherry on top. We went out to the parade, and you all felt it. If you didn't feel it, you weren't watching. GP2's out there with water pistols. And the whole thing just felt like a coronation. It was done. The goal has been achieved. And you can say all you want. 
And now we want to be back. Of course you want to. One for the thumb, Mark. Well, don't go there. One for the thumb. I hope you've removed that from your interviewing. No, no chance, dude. It's a go-to. Like I said, well, I, I told you this last time. I'm mad at him, not you. He had a different thumb. It was on me. But, but, but just like he had Coach, a different. Congratulations, and I guess if things go your way, we'll see you back here. One for the thumb, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't need one. I only got four fingers, so I'm good. Not true, Coach. You He's have good. nine. You have another hand. You didn't need to do that to Well, dips. the joke's on him because they actually haven't gotten back and gotten well, one go. for the thumb. Well, because so. he said we there didn't you need go, it, Coach. right? Yeah, you spoke it into existence. Coach Canapa. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, think they, I think they're stuck on four, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Listen. You can't, you can't want it that bad. You have to have a screw loose. You have to be Brady Jordan or Tiger. How many times you watch Tiger Woods play golf and you're like, what the hell? Why is this guy still my d- dude? Your body He's special. Right, right, is he special or is he crazy? He's or is he a little bit of both? crazy, right? Like how many you don't see like Michael Jordan is another athlete who has that same totally. singular determination to compete. And Brady was the same. But I think Draymond is also the same. But you can't drag Maybe. your teammates kicking and screaming. I don't think Draymond lacks for motivation. Physically, he's breaking down. I don't know if he lacks for motivation, but this is a person who admitted that when Steph Curry was out, he's like, I'm tapping out too. You know what I mean? Like that's... That's I, I'm not questioning the competitiveness of any of the Warriors. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we're all experiencing right now a little bit of slippers are on and feet are up. We are. How can you not? Like, they crushed it. They did it. Game four in Boston happened. They did it. Right. And everything that we're watching now is beyond understandable. And so that's what it popped into my head when Steph got hurt. Another thing that is out of their hands, although you can, and we've been doing this with the Niners all year, all right? Like, when are we going to have the conversation about, well, how many injuries before we just go, oh, this is not bad luck. This is somebody in their 30s who is slight and had injury problems early in his career, and maybe this is just going to be the deal every year I'm glad you brought that up because if it wasn't for the four championships, and I know it's hard to dismiss four championships for the sake of a conversation, but (laughs) what what would we say about Steph Curry if he didn't have four titles? Injury prone. Exactly. Oh, my God. Exactly. Am I I wrong? The sentence is funny, though. If it weren't for the four rings. If it weren't for the fact that he's won (laughs) almost more titles than any other player in the history of the association. Right. But we would be labeling him as such. I'm only saying this not to disparage Steph Curry, but to shine a light on the term itself. Because... Jimmy Garoppolo, if he completes that pass to Emmanuel Sanders and they beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, we never once again will ever talk about Jimmy Garoppolo as being injury prone. But because he never won it, we can disparage him with that term. Steph Curry's had more injuries than Jimmy Garoppolo could ever dream of. I can't believe you just said that name. Jimmy Garoppolo? I'm glad you brought him up, Dibs. Yeah? You know I'm a big Jimmy guy. Um, Always have been. Mike Silver and... And Joe Montana, the Open Mic Podcast. Trey Lance probably would have hung around and been the backup. But what do you do if you're them now? Well, I start Jimmy. He has won a lot of games. I can't say the same for Trey, right? You don't know that from him. I don't think it's hard. I think you just start Jimmy. The hard part is that Jimmy has a no franchise tag clause and he's a free agent. So you got to really show him the love to try to get him back. He still won a lot of games before he got hurt, right? And so... 
he put him in that position to be able to go go on that run to begin with. So you handed a guy a team, sort of like somebody else I know got handed a good team. <laughs> so <laughs> you got to go with the guy who's been winning the games and, and gets the offense and go from there. <laughs> He's got jokes. I have so many thoughts. This was br- that was brutal. That was a brutal forty-five second conversation. He's right. For- Steve Young wouldn't have anything if Joe hadn't handed him a cookie cutter uh, title team uh, on a platter, babe. Okay, let's get into it. Let's. Get into it. You will not turn on Joe Montana. Not on my watch, mister. 888-957-9570. How did that sit with y'all? All right? Because I'm about to tell you how that resonated with me. It's all sponsored by the San Francisco Gift and Jewelry Center with over 75 showrooms in one location. The SF Gift and Jewelry Center has gifts for every budget. So this Valentine's Day, you can definitely give a little BDE. Uh, That would be Big Diamond Energy. What do you think I was talking about? Visit today at 888 Brandon Street in San Francisco or shop online at sfgcjm.com. We'll take your calls next on Willard and Debs. Now back to Willard and Diggs. Take it away, Mark. Oh, Steph. Oh, Steph. Uh, get your butt back out there on the court. It was hard. It was out there, out there at next level flag football yesterday. And um, how'd you guys do? Uh, they got it handed to them yesterday. I knew really? they would. Yeah, yeah. They were playing a really, really good team yesterday. Um, but. Um, my guy's the kind where he he's like he has fun, kind even of, in a loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like thirty five nothing or not that bad. They, they they got a couple of tugs, but yeah, 30, 30 something to not a lot. And uh, you know, but the boys are good friends. They had some good catches. Like he gets bummed, but then it's like all right. He's like he's like into the stats. I don't know where he gets it. Uh, he's into you know. It's like my son. Yeah, he's like, well, now we're we're two and three, but if we're three and three next week, and he's talking about the standings always, so he's just kind of into it. Nice, almost like whatever the facts are at the end, even if they're not facts that he likes. So anyway, but anyway, we're out there yesterday. Is he into his own stats too? Like I had seven grabs for no, eighty-one. I, I mean, he'll he'll mention it, Dad. Like I let that catch, whatever. But he's not <laughs> he's not giving me his fantasy numbers, right? But anyway, he's no, out yeah. there. No, there's not a lot of, yeah, this team was fast. But anyway, so there wasn't a lot of yak. But anyway, I'm out there with uh, another one of the dads, and he comes up, and you know how everybody thinks that we always know, like, I mean, like, as if I know what Steph's MRI is going to say before it even happens. Right. And he's like, all right, what do you got? What's happening? What's happening with Steph? And I'm like, I don't know, but it didn't look good. And I always read, I try to read into injuries based on what you see the coach say after the game, because they know. The doctors know, at least to the degree that it's right. 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 This is this is going to be well, a if while. If the Twitter doctors know, then the action. And, the, right. and I do believe in the Twitter doctors. Doc Pandia coming up Wednesday, eleven thirty, sure. cleared to play, courtesy UCSF Health. If they know with a good amount of certainty, the actual doctor who's looking at the the person's knee may know. They might know a little they bit might, more. They might have something. Yeah. So so yeah. Uh, when Steve Kerr goes. 
you know, there's concern. Like, yeah, there's no bone break. The x-rays are negative. But if the coach is going to come out a couple hours later and be there's some concern, I go, this is going to be a minute. I don't know how long, but it's going to be a minute. Well, the reason the dad was asking, he's like, I, I, I got tickets yeah, tomorrow course, night. I got course. tickets tomorrow night. We're going out. I go, you need him then now. I, I don't care if they come back yeah. and they're like, it's a big nothing burger. He's still sitting out tomorrow. Of course. <laughs> so, um, anyway. Well, he's still sitting out until the All-Star break. Well, even now. If, this well, is before we even got that yes, word. Yes, but when you see him limp off the court right. and go to the bench and Rick Celebrini takes a look at it and sees that he's not stable to continue and then he immediately goes to the locker room, you know right there he's not playing Monday Probably not playing Wednesday. And then you don't have a game until Saturday against the Lakers. At that moment, you're thinking, okay, maybe he comes back for that Laker game. It's an ESPN game, possible LeBron record breaker game, although it looks like LeBron's going to break the record before that. You at least in that moment thought, okay, he'll be back for Saturday. Loosen it up. Maybe he'll play a little bit before the break. And then the word comes out that it is multiple multiple, multiple weeks, which is... Multiple is more than two. That means three. And if you talk about three, well, then you're looking at the Laker game February 23rd as the earliest possible game. I don't know why, but even that feels optimistic to me right now. No, I'm with you. If, If you look at the schedule, they play coming out of the break. They play Thursday, Friday, Sunday, Tuesday, four games in six days. So you look at maybe March 2nd against the Clippers. I look at that game as a time when maybe Steph could be back. Uh, it's Monster Monday, and it's brought to you by Boxer and Gerson, Northern California's premier workers' compensation law firm, helping injured workers get their lives back for over 40 years. Okay, we're going to go out to the phones, 888-957-9570, and it's based off of this conversation. Uh, listen to it one more time. Uh, this is the Open Mic Podcast. Our good buddy Mike Silver has Joe Montana on, and for some reason, the conversation ends up going this way. Trey Lance probably would have hung around and been the backup. But what do you do if you're them now? Well, I start Jimmy. He has won a lot of games. I can't say the same for Trey, right? You don't know that from him. I don't think it's hard. I think you just start Jimmy. The hard part is that Jimmy has a no franchise tag clause and he's a free agent. So you got to really show him the love to try to get him back. He still won a lot of games before he got hurt, right? And so he put him in that position to be able to go, go on that run to begin with so you handed a guy a team sort of like somebody else I know got handed a good team <laughs> so <laughs> you gotta go with the guy who's been winning the games and, and gets the offense and go from there I don't know how to do what I'm about to do are you sure he's not talking about Alex Smith handing the team to Patrick Mahomes <laughs> are you sure Mark yes I'm sure okay I'm sure I just want to make sure that you're sure that you're sure well I'm super I'll tell you what I'm sure about I don't like anything I didn't like any part of that. No mention of Brock Purdy? So, thank you. Okay, there are four things that popped out to me. Just four? Only four. Well, let's spotlight the top four answers on the board. And you don't normally get this angry, so I'm excited. Number four. Thank you, Spadone. My man, listen, listen. I used to run around in the streets and have my mom's dish towel in my, hanging out my pants with the words Flash 80 on it because I grew up watching Joe Montana throw to Jerry Rice. There's There's nothing better than Montana to Rice, okay? This is what made me fall in love with 49er football and Bay Area sports. Nothing will ever take down my fandom, love, and respect of Joe Montana. But what am I listening to? 
Number one. Number one. As you just said, how does Brock Purdy's name not come up? Well, Jimmy's won a bunch of games. What the hell did Brock just do? Right. So how does that name not even get into the conversation? Maybe Joe's not paying attention. Okay, so dot, dot, dot leads us to number two. This whole premise is based on a complete lack of understanding of where the 49er quarterback situation is. Well, I start Jimmy. He's not on the team. And Mike explained that to him. He's not on the team. You can't franchise him. You're not going to spend a bunch of money to keep him. To say that shows a complete lack of understanding of the current state of affairs with the 49er quarterback position. Correct? Yes. So why is it getting you this upset? Because it's clear that he doesn't know who Brock Purdy is and he doesn't understand the situation as it pertains to Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not upset as much as I am. I'm flabbergasted. Can I use that word? You can, but I think it's more than that. It's a mixture of surprise and just a furrowed brow. Joe Montana's dead to you. It's okay to say it. (laughs) Well, his opinions kind of are. And listen, we do need to wrap in. Here's, Here's a larger question. Look, he takes a shot at Steve Young. I don't want my legends taking shots at my other legends. Steve Young is out there with Jerry Rice whenever he can at every 49er home game, tossing the ball around, kissing babies, high-fiving. He is an unbelievable ambassador. He did nothing wrong. You two didn't get along back in the day in a mano-a-mano, ego versus ego. Totally understandable, totally unfair situation. Was it handled perfectly? Obviously not. It was over 30 years ago. You take your shots at him? Do I want Chris Mullen on with Bonta every night going, this guy, Steph, the league's weak now. (laughs) Like, what are we doing? Why are you taking shots at Steve Young? Why are you not over it yet? You're assuming that he was talking about Steve Young. Of course he was talking about Steve Young. He would have said, just like Steve Young had to pick up my crumbs. My man, he was talking about Steve Young. And by the way, an extension of the point. Oh, Steve was handed a team. Well, then weren't you also? What You didn't build the team. Well, they were garbage when he was the quarterback I in the I understand 80. that, but you didn't acquire Ronnie Lott. You didn't draft Jerry Rice. You're the quarterback. You didn't have good things around you. You didn't have Bill Walsh help you. He was there, though, when they were bad is what he's intimating. Fine, fine. Unlike but- Steve Young, who just waltzed in and put his hands under some guy's crotch. Waltzed in, like he was a in. wedding crasher or he something. He just waltzed in, put his hands under the center, and won a Super Bowl. That's what happened. That's the way I remember it anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> and here's what we really learned. You want to here's the Is zinger. this number two or number this three? This is number four. We already got to number Number three is get over it. It's 32 years ago or something. Okay. I thought maybe one of these four was going to be you coming down Mike Silver's road no. for the lack of a follow-up question. I do think Mike should have brought up Brock Purdy. How does Mike? <laughs> and we'll, I'll, we'll ask Mike this on Thursday. Mike's a friend. I'm not afraid now. Why did you not bring up Brock Purdy? It's almost like... He shows a, a total lack of understanding for what's going on. He's disrespectful. And his answer is, well, Jimmy's won a bunch of games. How do you not say, well, didn't Brock? Right. And how does he factor into your opinion? What would Joe have said? Would he have said, who's Brock Purdy? I don't even know what you're talking exactly. about. That's what it kind of sounded what's like. What's Brock Purdy? <laughs> Which is just weird. I, I mean, taking shots at other legends, it's clear It's been clear ever since the Niners played the Chiefs in the Super Bowl in 2019 and he came out going, I can't lose today. 
it's clear that Joe doesn't enjoy being a 49er legend. So if you don't enjoy being a 49er legend, why am I supposed to look at you as a 49er legend? Why am I supposed to why am I supposed to look at you in the same way as Steve Young and Jerry Rice who love it? Because he's Joe Montana. Well, sure. And he's, you know, maybe I'm not the saying you most, hate him, but no, like but he's and Joe Montana has always been since he was done playing football, he's always been about Joe Montana. If you ask anybody connected to any sort of appearance or cause of that nature, Joe Montana wants to get paid to show up. I don't get the sense that Jerry Rice is being paid every time he's running routes in the end zone before every game, running around like an eight-year-old well, kid, happy to be there. I, I, I'm with you, but I'm also not against people getting paid. I mean, he's Joe... No, but it's different when you Joe want to get paid Montana. every single time. I get it. And I that's get the it. sense that, you know, that I've gotten from many people who've dealt with Joe Montana. He will not show up unless there's a check that he gets out of it. You're probably right, and I don't hate him for that. I don't hate him at all. I just... This is it's head scratching and it makes it hard for fans to love you back when you clearly are not enjoying this role that 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 you have. But here's the big thing that I got out of this. Do you remember last Super Bowl when he had the exact same opinion and it made big news here? He's like, Trey Lance? I'm going with Jimmy Garoppolo, right. not Trey. And we all sat here and went, why does Joe Montana hate Trey Lance so much. And this comment, light bulb went on. Trey Lance reminds Joe Montana of Steve Young. That's what you think, huh? It's PTSD. He's A mobile look, quarterback? He's looking at Trey Lance and going, well, this Jimmy guy has built something here. He, he came in when the 49ers lost every week, and he won six in a row, and he got a contract, and then he took him as soon as he's healthy. He took him to a Super Bowl. And he's won all these games. And then here comes Johnny Mobile to take the gig and gets handed a win-now roster. It's obvious to me. Joe is triggered by Trey Lance because he's having Steve Young PTSD. Yeah, I'm not sure about that because Trey Lance will never play the way that Steve Young played. Steve Young was, if, especially for his era, much more mobile than Trey Lance is. Trey Lance is not that much of a mobile, scramble, out-of-the-pocket quarterback. Maybe he wants to be. But that's not the point. The, the, the point yeah. isn't the way they play. The point is how Joe is receiving this process. I wonder if it's not more just the sense of what you said before about Jimmy Garoppolo as the incumbent, as the quarterback who, quote, built what they have, even though Jimmy Garoppolo didn't build it. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't draft Fred Warner or Hufunga or Nick Bosa or any of the rest of it. He's just a guy like Joe Montana was a guy. Joe Montana was a quarterback who won four Super Bowls. Jimmy's a guy who didn't win any Super Bowls, but none of them really built the team. Jimmy Garoppolo inherited what he inherited, which was a roster like Joe Montana did. So maybe that's the connection. I don't think that he sees Trey Lance as Steve Young as much as he sees Jimmy Garoppolo in ways as himself because the team that Jimmy Garoppolo came into was a lot like the team that Joe Montana came into when Joe Montana was drafted. Oh, they were bad. That Niner team yeah. was terrible. Yeah, they were bad. And the Niners with Jimmy Garoppolo, they were terrible. They were 1-10 in 10 when Jimmy Garoppolo took over. I mean, that's kind of what I mean. I think he sees a lot of himself 
a, a much lesser player, but in the terms of process and their story, I think he sees a lot of himself in Jimmy Garoppolo. You took over a bad team, right. you started to right. win games, you built something, and then the team just totally treated you unfairly, just dismissed you. Now, it's different levels because we're talking about someone who at the time was considered the greatest of all time versus Jimmy, who's just kind of a, a he's an above average quarterback. But I think Not Joe, maybe. yeah, he's, he's average. He's an above average quarterback. It depends but, who you ask. Well, watch what happens with the contract this offseason. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah, let's watch where he goes and yeah, how he does. But, well, that how he does. Yeah, when he we'll, goes to we'll Carolina see. and he's five and twelve, <laughs> all of a sudden he'll be we'll below see. average quarterback. We'll see. They can run the ball there. Yeah, Carolina. they can. They down can, the rock. Down the rock. And in a bad division. I really think he, I mean, to even start saying you should start Jimmy now when he's not even on the team anymore, a week after Kyle Shanahan literally looked at everyone and said, there is no right. chance of this happening at all. It just tells me that that he sees a lot of his, his situation in this situation. And he's well, right. What that, I see is that he has you, no idea what he's talking well, about. Well, there's that and that's too. why it's easy but, to just dismiss the open mic podcast. This episode I mean, only, Mike. Uh, yeah. I, I don't I, miss a second of I it. Understand, <laughs> I understand that. I just think, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's been treated unfairly. Nobody would even question that. You're gone. And and I well, listen, I know. I would question that. Oh, but he's listen. Treated unfairly is too harsh. He has been dismissed a number of times. He's played through injury. He's left things out. He's played through multiple injuries. He got paid more than $130 million yes, by an and, organization. And I can't say that he got treated unfairly. Joe Montana's not a rich man. He's not as rich as Jimmy. Well, of course, but that's just He's because... He's calling of, Jimmy for a loan. But that's because of when he was born. Joe Montana's a very rich man. The 49ers made him that way, and he made the 49ers. But Joe would tell you until his deathbed, obviously, that he's still ticked about the way things but went down. But was he treated unfairly? You could absolutely make the case, and fans I definitely mean, felt that way at the time. I don't think you so. Were, you're, you're old enough to remember. Okay, now you watch so your mouth. So am I. We're I old never enough to remember that, that, oh, that Joe was being treated unfairly. He got traded. When you're a pro athlete, this is the nature of the gig. He got well, traded. But before that, you got benched. When you were a three-time Super Bowl winning QB. He was hurt. Yes. And then I'm he not, got beat out. I'm not saying that there weren't I've reasons. I've never been in that bucket of, woe is athlete, he's treated unfairly. I know, I know you're not. But I've it, never been that way. But in their world, that's I mean, it's clearly how Joe sees it. Still, to this clearly, day, you're clearly. right. Clearly. My point being is that Jimmy could easily make that case too, but you've never heard him say a word. Right. You've never heard Jimmy do anything but smile through this. Because I think... He either is smart enough to know that, A, that doesn't help me right now, or B, maybe he is grateful enough for $130 million, where he's like, that's part of the gig. And he didn't have to sign a deal this year with the 49ers. If he felt like they were treating Correct. him unfairly, then he didn't have to take their $7 million to come in and be Trey Lance's backup. So I have no sympathy for Jimmy Garoppolo in terms of him being treated unfairly yeah, because I, of his own volition. He came back and signed a deal. If he really felt like they treated him unfairly, then he wouldn't have come back and signed okay. with the 49ers again. I, like, I, I, I don't, I can't speak, obviously, to what he feels, but no, no one's looking for sympathy. I don't think Jimmy is either, but I think you're crazy if you don't think that Jimmy is at a number of days where he's like, 
this organization. You can like I just went to the Super Bowl and you're calling Brady, and then a couple years later, I'm now my shoulders hanging off, and I'm in the NFC title game. But you're gonna hand it off to a rookie from North Dakota State. Like these are big egos, right? But he's handled it perfectly. He's handled it great, handled no it doubt. Perfectly. Yeah, no so, doubt. I, you know, um, as but, far as Joe Montana goes. He's 66 years old, and he still is holding on to the same sort of narrative of, you know, like you're talking about, Steve Young. And he referred to Steve Young. I was just joking before. Obviously, he's referring to Steve Young, who got handed a team that was turnkey and ready to go. What is it about Joe Montana's life that has him still so bitter? That's what I mean. Like, I feel bad for this. Like, you're still angry about this 30-some-odd years later. Um, And... I think that that experience, this is the first time I've felt this way, that experience that Joe Montana had and is not over from 35 years ago is shading his opinion about Trey Lance. And, and, and that's what was going on a year ago, and we didn't realize it. But that, like, he is being triggered based on his own experience. Bunch of people want to weigh in. Duke and San Bruno, you're on with Willard and Dibs. Hey, Duke, what are you doing? Welcome to the show. Thank you. <clears throat> well, I just got my Bentley uh, detailed, and I'm deciding whether I want to walk around my backyard in my underwear. Oh, wow. Thank you, Gary. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> as, far as, Joe, as far as Joe Montagna, uh, you got to remember, he laced them up. He can probably make a couple of phone calls and get a lot of information that us mere mortals aren't you know, able to get. So I look at it this way. 49ers have three quarterbacks. Well, technically two. We don't know... We don't know what Trey Lance is going to be like with coming back from his injury. We don't know what uh, Purdy's going to look like coming back from his injury. Now, if the 49ers could sign Jimmy Golopolo, why wouldn't you sign him? <laughs> you know what you get. Um, for, for a thousand different reasons, Duke. And, and I think Thanks, that Duke. the basis of it, though, is what you just said. If they could. Well, they can't. They can't. Like, I am so beyond confident that Jimmy Garoppolo has no interest in being part of a QB room that has Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. Right. Why would he do that? He'd be admitting. Even if they paid him top dollar. Do you know how many teams out there need a starter right now? Jimmy's going to be one of them. He's going to be one of those guys. And he'll be paid as a starter, which yes. is 15 to $25 million a year, depending on where he lands and what the situation is. He's not getting that here. Plus, they've also, here's the next reason. Like, you, we, we keep talking about Brock and Trey as if they're going to be hurt forever. Sure, they're hurt right now, but there's not much reason to think that they're never going to play football again. You got Jimmy plus production out of Brock Purdy and uh, Trey Lance was your future when when you got him. So um, that's why Kyle Shanahan said what he said. There's no there's no room for Jimmy Garoppolo on this team going forward. Carlito in Alameda, next up with Willard and Dibs. Hey, Carlito, what are you doing? Yeah, I just uh, finished a cup of coffee. Uh, look, fellas, I'm, I'm going to put the rat on the table. The rat on the table is the 49ers need Jimmy Garoppolo. That wasn't the case before Purdy got hurt, but it is the case now. And if I was Jimmy Garoppolo's agent... I would say let's get a team friendly contract going and, and let's get let's get this deal going. Thank you, Greg. What but Carlito, why would Don Yee, Jimmy Garoppolo's agent, ask for a team friendly deal when the Panthers or the Saints or the Commanders or the Titans or any of these teams are gonna offer him forty million a year? They're gonna offer him thirty five to forty million. Jimmy Garoppolo has zero incentive to be a forty nine er next year. 
And, and you already heard Kyle Shanahan say that the Niners have zero incentive to go to him either. $35 million a year? You don't think? No, I don't think he's getting $35 million a What's year. What's the market right now? For a real good, like, you're the man, I want you for a long time quarterback. He's, he's not that guy. He's getting a starting deal for multiple he years. He is, but I don't think he's getting $35 million. And if you want to... I don't know, place a wager on where that number comes. You said 40, then you said 35. I don't think he's getting 35 million a year. I, listen, am I throwing a number? I don't know exactly what he's going to get. He's getting starter think, money. Well, he's there's starter, starter money, money, and then there's elite starter money. I think that he's getting middle-of-the-road starter money, which That's is probably fine. 20, 25, maybe. I That's mean, what I think. Uh, 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 I mean, you're Aaron, right about all these teams. Aaron's, Aaron's making 50. That's Aaron. Russell Wilson's making 48. That's Russ. Okay? Kyler Murray's making 46. You can't you count that because that's Arizona. Why not? It, because that's the worst organization in all pro but, but sports. That's, but agents, to, this is why Lamar Jackson is not signed. An and agent. Kyler Murray got a deal. Calamari got that deal based on a year that Jimmy Garoppolo's never had. But, the, but but I'm not talking about 46. I'm talking about 30 to 35. I'm Keep talking about way less. What's Desha- Cousins making? Deshaun Watson is making 46. And that, again, that's Patrick oh my Mahomes, God, my God. 45. He's Josh not Allen, 43. He's not Josh Derek Carr is making over forty million a year. Matt Stafford forty. Dak Prescott forty. Jared Goff thirty three and a half. Are we not getting into Jimmy? We're getting down there. We're getting closer. He's gonna get. We're getting closer. Kirk Cousins thirty three. Yeah. I mean, this is we're already out of the top ten. He like I. You think he's getting thirty five? I think he's probably getting 30. Well, some of these guys are already locked into contracts. So Derek Carr right. is going to be coming off a contract here. That's off there. So they're probably Raiders are probably going to cut him before whatever that Car- deadline Carson is. Wentz, this week, Carson Wentz, 32. Carson Wentz is making 32. So, I, you know, I hear you. Who gets more in the offseason, uh, Derek Carr once he's cut or Jimmy Garoppolo? Probably Derek. Probably Derek. Okay. Yeah, probably Derek. I just, but, but Jimmy's getting paid. Jimmy's gonna, he's not getting 35. That's all I'm saying. All right, so if he gets 33, you want... No, I don't think he's getting 30. Carson Wentz getting 32. These are old deals, and these are deals built off of success that Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have. But and Jimmy comps. Garoppolo is a hurt quarterback. Right, but, but they're comps. They're com- An agent is going to say, right. if Kyler Murray is making this, we would like 15 less. I would imagine that fair. the market for Jimmy Garoppolo is not as rabid as you are portraying. What? That's what I'm banking uh, on. Uh, yeah. I, I All these no- teams that need a quarterback, if you look at a rookie QB on a rookie scale or paying Jimmy Garoppolo 35. Right, but how many rookies are there? You know how many teams need a QB. A lot of teams. Tons. But, I mean, if you're a team that's not going to be great anyway, do you want to sink $35 million per year over four years right. for Jimmy Garoppolo or roll your dice on a rookie QB? So I, I'm with you, but it's a seller's market. So, uh, 888-957-9570. We'll get to more of your calls here coming up next. It's all brought to you by CalHope.org. It's Willard and Dibs.